Okay, because uh, it's two of us and one of them. All right, so let's try it again. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. Not Pastor Sarah's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Because it's always a lamp unto our feet. It's always a light unto our path. And as we come this morning as married couples, we know, Father, that it is your will to bless marriages. And so, Father, we thank you today that your word is going to produce more blessing in our married lives. Because, Father, we're not just hearers of the word, but we're going to do what it says. And so, Father, we just step back. So you can use our voices to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to these couples. And I declare in advance that their lives, their marriages, their families will never ever be the same after having heard the word of truth. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Last week we started a new series entitled Mirrors. Everybody say mirrors. And uh, as I stated on last week, this series is designed to minister to our married couples as well as single individuals in a unique, unique way. And so far, uh, this whole month is designed for us to do that. So our 9 o'clock service will be catered toward our married individuals and couples. And our 11 o'clock service will be catered to single individuals. And as a bonus for our single people, uh, Word of Truth Family Church will be launching its singles ministry called Vibe. Someone say amen to that. So if you're visiting us today and, and you weren't or not, you, you know, you didn't know about we were doing this and you didn't know about the change. I just want to encourage you to go ahead and sit through the service today. And then if you're single, why don't you just stay over to get a word for your life. Amen? All right. Well, if you're taking notes, the message title this morning for our married couples is Two-Way Mirror. Two-Way Mirror. And as you can see, I have my better half with me today. Yes. Give her a hand clap for that. And uh, hold on to your seatbelt because this is going to be a roller coaster ride for your life. Amen. Now, a two-way mirror is designed to be able to see yourself, but it also allows you to view what's on the other side of the mirror as well. And to me, this paints the perfect picture of how you and I should deal with conflict. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. How to successfully manage conflict as couples. So just look at your married, your your spouse. Just look at them and say, this is going to be good. So we're going to look at how to resolve conflict and hopefully be in agreement at the end. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 26 
And we're going to read that out of the NIV uh, version, and then we're going to look at Luke chapter 4, verses 46. All right? So here's the first point if you're taking notes this morning, and I want to encourage you uh, uh, to do two things. Number one, I want you to keep your heart open. And here's why we're talking about this subject. Because if you can minimize conflict, then the, the better you will be in agreement. I'm going to say that again. If you can just minimize, you may, you may not be able to just, you know, decrease it to it's nothing there. But if you can just minimize conflict, then the reality of peace will be in your life. That's number one. Number two, we have a lot of notes this morning. We're going to speed through them. So if you see something that you like, just take your camera phones out and take a picture of the screen. Amen? All right, so here's point number one if you're taking notes. Conflict is inevitable. Conflict is inevitable. That means it is going to happen. It is guaranteed. Jesus said, in this life you shall have tribulation. All right? So conflict is inevitable. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 26, it says, because of the present crisis, and this was Paul talking to the Corinthian church, and he says, because of the present crisis... I think that it is good for you to remain as you are. Verse 27. He says, are you married? Are you married? Read this part with me. Do not seek. All right. Now, my version in the NIV says, do not seek a divorce. Now, see, this is a word already for some people in the room. God is saying, stop seeking, stop thinking, and stop talking about a divorce. Amen. Indecision is the door to a double mind. Make your mind up today. I'm in it to win it. Amen. James chapter 1 verse 8 says, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And so what you and I need to do today is to choose God's word and get off the bubble of the divorce indecision. Say amen to that. Now watch this. It says, it keeps on saying, are you married? Do not look for a wife. Uh, Are you unmarried? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry, watch this now, will face many troubles in this life. I'm going to say that again. Those Well, listen, I believe this ought to be part of wedding vows today. Listen. That when they say, you know, you know, you love each other. And, and, and then they need to say, you're going to have some trouble too. That's right. I believe if we put it in the marriage vows, at least people will get the proper perspective of, of marriage. Mm. Amen. He said, if you are married, you will face many troubles. How many have had trouble since, since you've been married? All right, if your hand not raised, you just got married yesterday. <laughs> you are going to experience trouble in your relationship because we are two people raised by two different parents with two different upbringings. It is impossible, say it's impossible. It's impossible to not experience conflict. However, if conflict is not dealt with properly, it will erode the peace in the relationship. And here's something that I want you to think about. Unresolved conflict is the thorn in the flesh to any marital relationship. I'm going to say that again. 
Unresolved conflict is the thorn in the flesh to any marital relationship. Now, the word trouble, if you want to look it up, the word trouble means anguish, burden, tribulation, and pressure. And I'm pretty sure if you've been married any length of time, we've been married now how long, baby? Going on 25 years. Going on 25 years. In December will be quarter century. Yes. And I'm excited because we are having a conflict right now. So this is good yes, for us. Yes. And, and just so you know, if we start having a conflict up here, just sit through it. It happens all the time. All the time. So we'll, yeah. we'll be in a staff meeting and we don't agree on something and they just have to sit there until we work it out. But we're having a conflict right now because... Yes. Okay, no, truly. We do, we're having a conflict because we are two different people, two different personalities. Right. And I do not recall, you know, signing at the marriage certificate the small print that the person I was marrying doesn't like long flights. Right. They like a five-mile radius... They don't want to fly any further than three hours. Mm-hmm. But all my dreams are 15 hours and more. None of that was in my marriage license. So we have not booked anything for this 25th anniversary because this person over here wants this, you know, I want all my little friends to come party with me, you know, we're going to go far away. Mm. And you want what again? I want us. I ain't married to them. <laughs> I don't want to be with all of these. I love my friends, but I ain't married to them. I just want to be me and her and the bed. Glory to God. (laughs) We don't need nothing else. We don't need no food. We don't need no water. We don't need nothing. We don't even need no clothes. Praise the Lord. Look at the men. Come on, men. Help me out. Glory be to God. All right. So, as you see, so we're going to have to try and figure out a compromise on this. Well, she's she's working on a compromise compromise. where we may go by ourselves and then we'll, you know, for three days or so. And then the other two or three days we go somewhere else where all of our friends will meet us there. So, amen. Because you have to learn how to compromise when you're married. Amen. Amen. So here's point number two. Here's point number two. Y'all First, just left me. I mean. <laughs> here, here is what was point number one. Conflict is what? It is inevitable. Here is point number two. You must choose God's way to successfully resolve conflict. You must choose God's way to successfully resolve conflict. Let's look at Luke chapter six, verse forty-six. Jesus said, why call me Lord and don't do the things that I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he's like. This person is a man who's built a house, dug it deep, laid the foundation on a rock. And when the floods arose, when the pressures of the relationship hit and the stream beat vehemently upon that marriage or that house, And could not shake it. Why? Because it was founded upon the rock or the word. But he or they that don't do the word, they're like a man without a foundation. He built his house on the earth. And watch this. The same stream hit that house or that relationship. And it immediately fell. And the ruin of that relationship was great. Someone say amen. You might as well... 
one second here. Go ahead. Because it says here when the flood came. When the flood came. And the stream beat vehemently against it, right? Mm-hmm. And then it just comes and says, hey, when the stream, instead of the flood and the stream. Okay. And so even a lesser thing can come and hit, but when it's not on the rock, even a smaller pressure can make it fall. That's good. Here it is. You, you, you fighting over the labels on the can, not straight in the pantry. If you don't turn that tissue over one more time, I am leaving, okay? I did not grow up with a tissue just from the bottom. See... Most people don't know how to deal with the personality they're dealing with. See, my wife honestly does not care how the tissue is on the thing. She don't care, but I do. So if it's not faced the right way that I like it, when I get in there, I just turn it around. Come on, stop fighting. You know how I like the tissue. Well, you put the tissue how you want it. It bothers you. Amen. Listen. You have to make a decision today that we're going to resolve conflict God's way and we're going to show you how to do that. And here's why you need to make that decision. You've already proven that your way of resolving conflict, it ain't working. Someone say amen to that. Now last week we talked about being committed of being doers of the word because when we do the word, we're blessed in our deed. We got that from James chapter 1 verse verse 25 because it says when we are doers of the work, we are blessed in our deed. And doing things God's way leads to being blessed. And if you want your marriage to stay blessed, see, you can buy fruit and it can be fresh, it can look good, look, it can be picture perfect, But if you don't take care of that fruit after it gets home, it will eventually rot and get bruised. Amen? Amen. Well, a marriage is blessed in the sight of God. But if you want it to stay blessed, then you and I must, watch this now, be doers of the word. We must decide to resolve conflict God's way. So you say, well, Pastor Evan, what is God's way? Well, number one, his way is his word. Everybody say, his way way is is his word. In other words, how we act, how we think, how we talk, and how we walk should mirror what God says. So here's what we're about to do now. We're about to give you some ways in which conflict arises in a relationship. Because some of you don't know you're creating conflict within the relationship. You're doing things that's causing conflict. So what we're going to do is help you identify Because one of the issues that we're going to see is your spouse knows that you're producing this conflict, but they don't want to say nothing. They don't want to rock the boat. And you wonder why there's a silent treatment going on in the house. So what are some of the main causes of conflict? Pastor, Pastor, why don't you start with number one? (laughs) Unspoken expectations. Unspoken expectations expectations normally when you say unspoken expectations you also have unrealistic expectations same thing unspoken unrealistic expectations and and here's the thing here's a take home statement that you may want to write home write down what is unknown can never be resolved what is unknown can never be resolved you can't fix or expect to fix a problem that you're unwilling to communicate And I believe had Adam properly approached 
and communicated the conflict that took place in the garden between the snake or the serpent and Eve, I believe had he probably dealt with that conflict, we wouldn't be in the mess we're in as the human race. Amen. Now, I believe, take out your fishing pole and put it real deep because I'm about to go deep on you just a little bit here. I believe that had Adam, or Eve rather, had Eve eaten the fruit, okay, and then Adam chose to not eat it, what would have happened was Eve eventually would have died. Now, because sin was not rapid back in those days, if you read the Bible, Adam lived 900 and something years. So, so I'm pretty sure Eve probably lived along the same line, okay, because sin had not abounded. So let's say Eve ate the fruit and Adam chose not to. Well, she will eventually have died, but guess what, though? Every child that would have been born through Eve would have still been born in a righteous position. Why? Because the identity of a child and the blood of that child comes from the father. So watch this. Eve would have died, but everyone that was still born at that time would have still been living forever. Amen. They would have been born righteous. So you and I, we must get in a position. Say get in position. We must get in position to begin to talk about the things that are creating conflict. And so we're going to show you how to do that. Here's number two. Number two is... Avoiding conflict, or you could say suppressing conflict. Matthew 18 verse 15 says, Moreover, if your brother shall trespass against you, go and tell him his fault between him and you. If you're having a conflict in your relationship or you're having a problem with your spouse, your girlfriend or your homeboy should not be the first people to know about it. Come on, when I meet with couples and something comes up, I can look on the other person's face and know and realize that their spouse is hearing it for the first time. And a lot of times I won't deal with it because it's unfair to bring up an issue that you haven't talked about and expect me to resolve it. No, I'm going to send you home with that mess. <laughs> Y'all talk about it and then you come back to me. Amen. Yeah, I think um, when you, as, you're, as we're listing these things, try to think of, of where you can place yourself. For example, in the unspoken expectations. Find out what is it that is irritating you or annoying you or rubbing you the wrong way and ask yourself, have you properly communicated that? Yes. And then when it comes to being unrealistic in the expectation, unrealistic expectations means that you are expecting the other person to be like you. Or you're yeah. just expecting something. Like, for instance, you may saw your parents and your dad tell your, his, your mom he loves you before he leaves the house. So you're expecting your husband to do that. But he didn't see that. So he told you he loved you when y'all said, I do. And that was the last time you heard it. But if you communicate to him and say, you know, this is something I would really love, I'd enjoy it, and his personality may be, boy, that's really hard, then maybe he could just type it up and put it at the door. Right. Or you program your phone that right before you leave the house, it buzzes and you look and, and listen, and you just say, hey, babe, I love you and gone on about your business. Now, see, the ladies, don't be like, well, he had to have a phone to remind him. The point was you wanted to hear it. 
not how he was reminded to say it. Right. So just make sure Amen. that you, you, you communicate, figure out in yourself, am I irritated and frustrated because I have not communicated something because we're, we're thinking we're communicating it, but we're communicating it by slamming down the dishes and things like that. That's how we think we're communicating. So if I'm irritated and I'm thinking, you know, I would like for my husband to do X, Y, and Z, and he doesn't know that's what I'm expecting, so then he does something against this mysterious expectation that he doesn't know. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, let's say gas. Saying that I would love for him because I watched a movie, and in the movie, the guy was always putting gas in the car. So got inspired. You know how we get inspired after the Olympics? Everybody gets fit after the Olympics. You feel like you can go and run everything and do everything. Yeah. So you watch this movie. You get this idea. Woo. And so now you realize the gas is low and he hasn't said anything. He hasn't done anything. He doesn't even know that I'm expecting him to put gas in the car. Right? Because so he didn't watch the movie. Because he didn't watch the movie. And we didn't talk about it. So now there's no gas in my car. And I come into the house and I just start slamming things and putting things down and go, <sighs> I mean... I mean, I almost ran out of gas on the, on, the, on the roadside. I'm not speaking to him. I'm speaking around in the atmosphere. In the atmosphere. Right, hoping that somebody picks it up. You know, I nearly uh, lost my, you know, my car on the highway. And, you know, boy, the gas is so expensive. And da, 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 da. I start punishing him and doing all this thing. And I'm slamming the dishes and I'm throwing my bag down. And, and he's like, babe, what's wrong? What do you mean, what's wrong? Don't you know what's wrong? No. no? See, you don't care. You don't care. There's nothing that I do. Every time I need something done, you just don't want to do it. But then when you want something, I do it. Babe, what did I do? You didn't put gas in the car. I didn't even know it was empty. Well, I asked you to do it 10 years ago. But you still need to let me know when it's going to be empty. So watch, watch how simple this is to resolve. Unspoken expectations are the birthplace to assumption. So all you have to do is say, babe. My car is empty. Can you go fill it up for me? Well, I have to remind you. Why can't you just go in my car in the middle of the night and figure it out? That's called drama, folks. That, that's called drama. You got to pray through that. Why can't prophetic, prophetic see, unction see, tell when, you? When you see that, when you see drama, because it comes, when you see the drama, just tell yourself, listen to it, and don't respond. That's what you do. Anyway, just wanted to let you know. Talk about it. Write it down. Yes. You post it, something. But you can't punish somebody for something they didn't even know. So let's quickly talk about some negative ways of avoiding conflict. Or these are things that people do when, you know, when conflict comes up. Uh, you can do it. They, they, Go for they, it. they shut down. Babe, you all right? Okay. <laughs> Here's number two. Leaving the house and never trying to readdress it. Just leave. I'm gone. I'm gone. I, 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 don't, I don't have time for this. Where are you going? What do you mean where I'm going? I'm a grown woman. You can't ask me where I'm going. I'm going. Now, if I did that to my house, I'm just saying my locks will be changed. I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, I got I got I a tracker on my phone anyway, like, so it don't matter. I'd be like, huh? Can I come back home? No. Anyway, Here's number three. Uh -huh. Here's number three. These are negative ways 
of avoiding conflict. Number three is delaying the talk. You don't want to delay the talk or consistently put off what's bothering you. Yeah, we can't talk about that right now. I got to do this. All right. Mm-hmm. And then number four is taking the blame so that there be no conflict. Oh, I did that one. I did that one. Anyone that just did that one? Yes, yeah, me, it's me, it's me, because I just don't want the correction. No, you nobody. It's only me, babe. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but it's really, I just don't want the talk. I don't want to really get to the root of the thing. I just want us to be okay. So I'll be like, okay, I'm sorry, forgive me. I was wrong. It was all my fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we move on? And he'll be like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, yeah, let's just, let's just run away from it. And he's like, no, let's face it. And I'm like, no, I don't want to face it because I don't want to hear where I have to make any adjustments. I just want to be awesome. Praise the Lord. Here's number three. And these are things that cause conflict. Is lack of or poor communication. Mm -hmm. Bad communication or lack of it can be the biggest issue that hinders a marriage from resolving conflict. What you say and how you say what you say can make the world of difference. Amen. Listen, yelling and cussing. And calling names and talking about each other's mama is not the way to communicate. Or talking down. Yeah, or, or talking down or being critical. Or demeaning and acting, you know what I mean? You acting just like your mama. She crazy, she bipolar, you acting just like her now. What? Or, or body language, or body language, like uh, communication. So, you know, you ask a person to do something before, you know, like, for example, charge up your cell phone. Who has that conflict? You have to remind your spouse. Sometimes the charger. Oh, it's, again, it's just me, babe. It's just us. It's no, just don't. It's not me. us. It's you. <laughs> it's me. I don't charge my cell phone, right? So he'll ask me to charge my cell phone. So if you ask to charge phone, hey, sweet, remember to charge your cell phone. You know, it's one way. But you can go. Try to ask me to charge your cell phone. What are you, a kid? Try to keep reminding you. Well, I don't ask anymore. No. I'm not, I'm just using it as an example. Oh, for an example, yeah. yeah. I used to ask that. I'm not saying you did that. No, you, you didn't do that. I'm just saying that there's people whenever they're making a correction or bringing something because they've asked before, the way that they ask, sometimes they can do it as if they're parenting. Right. Like you're speaking to your pets or you're speaking to your kid. When instead of you speaking to your... So you're speaking partner, down and you're not speaking to. You're not right. You're not, yeah. You're not asking. You're not leading. You're not inspiring. You're not encouraging. What you're doing is being dogmatic and really there's something wrong with you because it irritates you more and you're just creating a whole big thing out of something small. And so sometimes we, we, we communicate. The poor communication is not just in not communicating, but in the way that we communicate. And yes. if we communicate it in a way that makes a person feel devalued... Right. Then that person then goes into that silent treatment. And now before you know it, you have a roommate and not a spouse. You, if you speak at a person, you come to them like you're their supervisor. Mm-hmm. When you speak down to them, then now you want to act like that they're your kid. You have to speak to your spouse. That means now we're communicating. This is a two-way thing. I'm not just telling you, but I'm allowing them to talk as well. Yeah, Someone for example, say. the cell phone, when he asked me to charge my cell phone. Sweet, I really need you to charge your cell phone because we don't charge your cell phone and there's something that happens to you on the road while we're not 
you know, near each other. I won't be able to catch you or you won't be able to catch me. You know, if, if it can create worry for me if you're not reachable. That's communicating, not just, why don't have your cell phone on? You see what I'm saying? So communicate why or what you're trying to do. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt communication mm -hmm. proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good, say good, good, to the use of edifying that may minister grace to the hearers. And then watch the Amplified. I like this. It says, Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others as it is fitting to the need and the occasion. Watch this. That what you say, say might be a blessing Sing and gives grace God's favor to those who hear it so communication is really designed at the end to bring agreement and watch this and to better help the person that you're communicating with so those of the, anyone here not in this church that curses at their spouse mm. uses curse words what, what's a curse word oh I, I don't use them I'm not quite versed I left that life a long time ago. No, hit me up at another time. I could have wrapped it up for you like in a song and a dance. But right now I am the holy, righteous, called of God. Well, thank God. <laughs> no, you, you all know it's curse words. You don't need to call people, you know, use B words and F words and stuff and talk about that's just who I am. I'm passionate right now. I'm upset. And that you, does not give you a license. And you wonder why there's no intimacy. Because I, I know, you know, we grew up sticks and stones can hurt, your, can hurt my bones, but it, it would never affect me. They do because words are spirit. So if you don't want this to make a permanent impact on the person, then don't say it. Amen. Amen. Here's number four. We're running out of time, but here we go. And that is not changing when change is needed. Not changing when change is needed. In other words, when you have a marital relationship, you should not be the same person you were when y'all got married years ago. But we should be better. You should be better. Change is inevitable. It is a must. And we must view the need for change as a positive form of action. Someone say amen. Well, listen, change for the better, helps to mature not only you, but to mature the relationship. Because there are some bad habits in this room. Look at your, look at your spouse and say, here come that man. Go on and tell him, here come that man. There are some bad habits in this room. There are some bad attitudes in this room that need to change today. Not next week, today, if you want your relationship to be better. Here's the next one. This is number five, and that is selfishness. These are things that create conflict in the relationship. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 and 5 says, Love is very patient and kind. It's never jealous or envious, never boastful or proud. It's never haughty or selfish or rude. It's never selfish or rude. Love is never selfish or what? Rude. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 and 5 says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. In other words, listen, having a mind that is selfless is a mind that Christ had. Now Amen. when you're changing and you're, you're, you're talking about selfishness, nothing 
can be successful as believers, as we are Christian believers. So our foundation is the word. Yes. And so a lot of times when you're talking about making change, we can interpret that, that I make the change that's most convenient for me or more conducive for me. So I want you to adapt just for my satisfaction. I don't necessarily want to adapt for yours. Right. But if we're both based on the word of God and founded on the word of God, then what I'm trying to do is conform and be transformed to the image of Christ by the word of God. And as I am changing and evolving based on the word, it is only inevitable that you and I will get along as spouses because we have a foundation. But as long as it's just based on my rules and not an agreed upon set of rules, then I will always win and you will always lose. And sometimes in our marriages, we feel that there's one winning, one losing, when really both people can win if there's an agreed set upon rules Absolutely. that we are going to abide by. And if that's the word, then when I am listening to this scripture here, then I say not be selfish, not be rude. It's not because my husband or my wife is asking me. It's because God is asking me to change my rudeness yes. by selfish ways because I'm founded on the word. And many of us want to alter just our actions, but God is requiring us to change the motivation of our heart, which then will change our actions. And, and, and let me say and, this. If you're doing something that is consistently creating frustration mm -hmm. in the life of your spouse, you need to change. Everybody give me an amen. So that way we won't know who is dealing with this. Listen, selfishness is the volcano that can cause conflict to erupt. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the next one. Holding on, these are issues that create conflict. Holding on to past hurts and repeating offenses. Holding on to past hurts. Philippians 3.13, Paul says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing that I do, forgetting those things, watch this, which are behind, and reaching forth to those things which are before. In other words, that's called forgiveness. Say forgiveness. Forgiveness. If you have properly talked through an issue that you all have gone through, and both people feel like the issue was properly dealt with, y'all are both able to, you know, forgive and release and let it go, then, then now that's a resolved issue. So in the future, it's not fair to bring that up and bring it back up if you've resolved it. And sometimes we bring it back up as a means of control. Well, it's unfair to do that. And so Proverbs 17:9, this is about repeating issues says, he that covers a transgression seeks love, but he that repeats a matter separates very friends. And so listen, repeated offenses, repeated issues, repeated uh, conflicts uh, that come up, if it's the same thing over and over, what it, it, what it ends up doing is putting a wall or separation between you and your spouse. And so you want to deal with that. And, and, and how many times, uh, you know, because this is what I see what happens with couples when they repeat issues. You know, it's like Junior, you know. And, and if junior your name is Junior, don't worry about it. It's Junior that you have. Right. But how many times you, are you going to quit your job without discussing it first with your wife? How long will you use not having a job, sister, as an issue in the house when you don't have a job and you ain't looking for one. Hello? It's not a sin for women to work. 
And if he, if, if the amount of money that your husband makes does not satisfy your living requirements, it's called get a job. I mean, it's unfair to just talk about all these things you want to see happen. And you say, well, I want to stay home with the babies. Okay, fine. Stay home with the babies. But we're going to this kind of budget when we stay home with exactly. the babies. We're going to eat ramen right. noodles on Thursdays and Tuesdays. Then, right, then we become into agreement. That's, that's what we're going to do. When we first had heaven, I wasn't working. And so we lived within those means on that particular thing because that was our goal together. Right. But I didn't complain about it right. because that's what we were in agreement on. Exactly. Most conflicts are temporary if you deal with them properly. Here's number seven. And that is making decisions, especially major ones, without your spouse's knowledge or agreement. If you want to create conflict in your marriage, make decisions without your, your spouse knowing it. Do that. If you want to live in hell on earth, then make decisions and don't tell them about it. Like, uh, uh, babe, uh, my parents moving in uh, next week. What? The devil is a lie, right? You know, you know, my mom, she's been going through and stuff like that. I told her she could come. Well, you know what? Here, here, that's, here, a, that's a major. It is major. See, my parents, a, my parents are older than my wife's parents. Not by a whole lot, but they are. And I mean, they're at a point where there's some things that I want to see my parents change. And so we're thinking about doing something for them. And it takes money. And so we had to make a decision. We talked about it to, to do something for my parents. And uh, if my wife would not have been in agreement with me, I would not have done it. Say that but one more time, babe. I said, if my wife was not with me on the decision, I would not have done it. Because that's our process. We have a process. And so I want to help you all with this. We have a process. When it comes to money, we have a certain oh, amount my. that we cannot spend independently of each other without discussing it. Well, we used to have that because I've broken that rule a whole lot now. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, like, you know, when was that? Uh, my wife came to me, I don't know, last week or the week before last. Babe, I, I need this. I need a better bag walking in these streets at the airport because she travels a lot, right? She came to me and she wanted this Louis Vuitton. What's that bag called? The Never Full because it's Never Full. The Never Full bag. Right. I ain't, I heard, like, I ain't I never heard of no so never much stuff. I carry so much stuff. And I was like, I just need this thing. Well, she brought it to me because, see, this was, I don't know, probably about seven years ago. We was in the streets of no, New York with some friends. You're so wrong. We were in New York? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we we were in New York. It was with Chad then. It was with Chad. Uh, I shouldn't say that, but it was with Pastor Chad and Pastor Marla. So we in the streets in New York. And this guy comes up to us with this, all these fake Louis. I was like, well, buy that one. Buy that one right there. So she came to me. Wait, no, I bought two of them. Oh, Not she bought two. two. So she brought me the bag and she looked. She showed me the handle. She was okay, like, babe, 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 look at this. I was like, what's wrong with it? She said, it's fake. It's not holding up. It didn't hold up. So I surprised her this past week oh, with the real Louis. So she, it ain't never full, but whatever it's called, you can put a lot of stuff in it, right? Well, I didn't call her and ask her, babe, can I spend this? Why? Because I knew she wanted it. And here's the other part. But you, and you, we can afford it. 
But not only that, you manage the money as well. Well, and I'm managing. I know how much money we got because I'm managing the money. So she's not going to be mad at me if I bring now. If she now, if I buy the purse, and then say, uh, "Babe, you you know those shoes. You know those shoes you bought last week. You had a receipt. You need to take them back." Or if he said, you're trying to go home and see your dad at the end of the month. You can't do that. He right, said, right. Oh, yeah, you can yeah. So, so, so we're out of time. So what we're going to do. Are we out of time? We got seven minutes, no? No, we don't. no, no. We're going we're gonna to finish this up next week. Did y'all get something out of the lesson this morning? So I want to declare something over us as married couples. And then uh, this morning the Lord told me to pray for healing over the marriages this morning. Many of you all have gone through some conflicts and it created breach in the relationship. And God wants me to just declare healing. If you would, just I just want you to stand up and hold. Well, no, stay right there. Hold your spouse's hand. And I just want you to receive this declaration. Father, in Jesus' name, I declare over all these couples who are here and even those who are watching via YouTube, that they have strong marriages. I declare that they love each other and they'll always overcome any conflict that they may encounter. I decree over them now that there is no weapon formed against their marriage that will ever work. And I declare that they are doers of your word and because they are, their marriages will flourish, prosper, be healthy, have intimacy, and last in the name of Jesus. Father, I declare healing over every single relationship in this place. Healing, Father, from past scars and past issues and past breaches and past trust issues. Father, whatever has created uh, pain in these relationships, I speak healing over them now in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, we know that whatever we decree shall come to pass in Jesus' mighty name. Someone say amen. Amen, amen. amen. With every head still bowed, maybe you're here today. And you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Maybe your spouse brought you here to hear this. Maybe you've never made a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life.